Welcome to the inaugural Cube Group podcast. My name is Scott Cole and I work for Cube, Australia's premier public value consultancy. I'm joined today by two of my esteemed colleagues, Jeremy Levine. Hey. <laughs> and, uh, and Tristan Russell. Hey, Scotty. So today we're going to have a bit of a conversation about public value. Now, my colleagues have been lucky enough to go along to a presentation by Mark Moore, who's a professor from the, from the States, Harvard. from Harvard. And uh, he coined, uh, he actually, no, he, he sort of founded the concept of public value as, a, as an outcome for governments and organisations to sort of work towards. Now, fortunately, I wasn't able to go, but my colleagues were. So what did you guys think of it? What did you, did you, it was a good event? Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, it was great to um, hear from the horse's mouth, so to speak, about public value. Mark's been out here a number of times. Um, I think the last time he was here was at least a, you know two or three years ago. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's it's always great to um, get the insights of someone who kind of thinks so deeply and uh, constantly about public value and that space that we all work in and that our clients work in. Um, so he actually gave a presentation, his, thanks to um, the Australian New Zealand School of Government and the Victorian Public Service Commission, um, and the presentation was called How Do We Keep Delivering Public Value in an Ever-Changing and Evolved World? Yeah, yeah. So he kind of gave a bit of a, a quick introduction to public value, uh, but then tried to um, kind of talk about how, how it now relates to um, you know, an ever-changing world um, where you know policy is complex, authorising environments are complex, um, and through a lot of examples and kind of really good illustrations of points, kind of made it real for people. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, so I want to just sort of touch on that quickly. So, I mean, public value um, is it? I mean, we are a public value consultancy, and a lot of people who who are in the you know the not for profit, the government space might know what it is. But well. How, how did Mark Moore explain what he thought public value was? I think I think for me it really resonated when Mark quite simply stood in front of the, the really crowded Deakin Edge actually and said um, public value is about making the world a better place. It's simple as that. It's something that uh, we practice every day for our clients at Cube. Um, for me, uh, I found that uh, over the last, you know, I've been at Cube almost two years now and I found that Mark's words today were so true that the concept to d- does become richer and richer as the more you practice it. Um, I've certainly found that as my uh, projects and project work has evolved. Um, it, Jeremy's right. It, it, it's no one's able to articulate a concept better than the brains behind it. And yeah. Belinda Clark, the public uh, sector commissioner today, said that Mark is a formidable intelligence, and I would have to agree with that. He uh, he said something quite interesting. Um, when he introduced that concept as well, he said, public value is a slogan, it's not a definition. Uh, so he was really um, keen on making sure that people understood that what's valuable and what is public value kind of does depend on what it is that, you know, you are trying to create that's of value. So we think of it as, you know, creating public good, um, you know, something that's in the interest of the community, using government assets for a particular good, but um, you know that there's a there's a wide spectrum of what um, individuals and organisations might deem to be in the public interest and what's public value. Mm-hmm. So um, you know that's so then he made that point that look public value in one sense is a very simple thing to understand. 
you've got the strategic triangle, which we could talk about, um, which is about you know really lining up your authorising environment, being clear about the outcomes that you're trying to achieve, and making sure that you've got the organisational capacity to deliver it. But um, there's a lot of complexity underneath that, yeah. and that's really where he wanted to take the conversation. He did, and, and he focused quite a bit on the middle part of his speech, actually, on um, public value in practice, um, and allowed us to really conceptualise and see, okay, this, this is how it, it, it works in practice. And could, could you give an example of that? Uh, I can, but I probably couldn't give it as well as Mark. No, that's all right. As Mark could. <laughs> one, of the, one of his key points for me was about when it, when it is in practice, don't always consider it as about uh, improving organisational capacity or building operational capacity, mm. or it's not only about the outcomes for the public, but it's sometimes something a little less tangible. Um, that One of the, the points that resonated was about uh, innovation, and Mark said that, Mark made me realise that innovation doesn't always have to be a final product, but it can be innovation and enablement. And yeah. he made me realise that the work we do uh, daily here is, is a, as public value practitioners is sometimes about enabling your client's organisation to be innovative. Mm-hmm. And that's the innovation that we're bringing. That's yeah. the public value, which allows them to make their own public value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like a cyclical uh, mm-hmm. process. Well, I mean, public value, uh, given that we trade in it so often, I, I think you can all sort of share that, share the experience of how, um, depending on how different organisations and different clients we work with think about public value, can mean very different things. Yeah. Did, did Mark touch on that at all? Like, was there anything about um, how, how organisations can define for themselves public value? Because it's such a, it can be a vague concept for people to grapple with. He... He did and he didn't. One of the points that I took away about um, the definition of public value, so for organisations as they're kind of working out what it is that they want to achieve, um, he made the point that, uh, you know, the way that you define it has such a huge impact on what it is that you deliver and how, Mm. Uh, which sounds a bit obvious, but um, he kind of illustrated it in a really interesting way. So, So the point was... If you define your public value um, as sort of purpose or proposition narrowly, mm-hmm. then that's how you're going to deploy or mobilise your resources to kind of try to achieve it. Yep. So he talked about an example of the Baltimore Police Department, mm-hmm. um, that's right. which, uh, you know, and I'm really sort of distilling this to um, an unsophisticated level, but, you know, they, their previous public value proposition was essentially around catching the bad guys, putting them in jail. Um, Like so many, you know, police forces around the world, it's a really um, obvious kind of intent of policing. Um, But the Baltimore Police Department were challenged to um, try to reduce fear in the community over and above the actual, um, you know, uh, catching the bad guys. So that was a shift, quite a huge shift for a police force to go um, and broaden out their public value proposition, their mission, mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to actually achieve it, to sort of walk the talk there, would require a hugely different way of working for that organisation, the way that they get their staff to conceptualise their job, um, the numbers of people that you put to different parts of that job. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, that, that really resonated for me, particularly because of the sort of work that we do with our clients when we encourage people to think just beyond... The, um, the sort of limited scope of what they might do day to day, you yep. know, rail, um, you know, bus services, 
business, whatever it might be, there's always something broader that you can sort of conceive of what it is you're trying to achieve. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Tristan? I'd echo those points, and um, I think uh, Jeremy has distilled it well, actually. Um, I kept thinking of the wire, obviously, when he's talking about the Baltimore Police Department, but um, everyone finds their value in their speech in their own way. Yeah. Now, what was the, I'm curious a little bit actually about the, the audience. Was it, do you, was it all um, uh, sort of government people, um, public sectors? or Really good the, mix, really good were, mix of public sector yeah. organisations. There was a couple of really prominent peak bodies in, uh, represented. Yeah. Really good to see not-for-profit sector represented as well. Um, yeah. Obviously, strong cohort from the VPS, uh, yeah. who are, you know, so, so vastly interested in public value. Uh, and... Also, I think there was a couple of um, fairly just s- s- private citizens, I think. Who <laughs> may or may not have walked in yeah. um, without registering. Good <laughs> <laughs> on for being interested. Yeah. No, the, the reason I ask is because I mean, we, we often have this conversation within Cube about saying, you know, the, the public value organisations that we work with are trying to help them there. But... If you look around the, the internet literature, you'll find that a lot of private organisations also get into that. So is there something that um, you found, um, Mark was talking very much to essentially sort of government and you know, not-for-profits, or, no. or did it go broader than that? Mark, the, the concept is most definitely deeper and broader than that, and that public value is not just delivered by public sector organisations at mm. all. Um, you know, Mark spoke a lot about the arbiters of public value, and... and and those arbiters don't necessarily come from uh, one specific cohort of people. It's it, it's it's so individualised to each case. Mm. Um, we deliver public value with our clients on a daily basis and do consider ourselves public value practitioners. Um, I think that it, it, I, the the concept can't be limited to one uh, deliverer. I suppose. Yeah, and he was really clear that because uh, you know the. The world is more complex. Um, the demands on on governments and public service agencies and others are so um, changing. It's changeable and in flux. Um, mm. Demands are huge. That um, the authorising environment is no longer just you know your minister, um, you know the, the executive or politicians. Mm. It's um, it, it involves you know the not for profit sector. It involves your clients, customers. It involves people in the private sector. Um, partly because, in one sense, all of those people um, help create the public value, you know, solutions to policy problems, yep. but also because governments um, and public sector agencies have to respond to those stakeholders as well to make sure that the authorising environment um, lines up with public value outcomes you're trying to achieve. Did he give any indication that he thought that uh, governments or countries around the world are, you know, starting to really embrace that or is it still early stages in terms of that sort of multi-channel private public that's a good question we we had a coffee afterwards with um Q partner deb simons and i think we tried to tackle that exact question um we feel that the government is public administration rather is is moving so rapidly towards outcomes focus and um, measuring outcomes and Perhaps, you know, I recounted a story about my grandfather's lifelong public service career for 60 years who told me that when he was uh, in the public service, 
there was never any policy units, certainly no strategy units, and, and we've just come such a long way. Yeah. I think that um, Mark is very aware that the the concept of public value um, has uh, is is now popularised within public administration. Great. It is certainly uh, resonating with more and more governments and public sector agencies and public value organisations around the world. What would you would you add to that, John? Yeah, and he look. It's interesting actually because the his book, you know, the seminal work, um, creating public value, is now twenty one years old. So it came out wow. in nineteen ninety five. Yeah, uh, Mark still essentially is talking about the same context, so same information in, yeah. in the current context. Um, but yeah, you do feel like that the, the conversation about public value has to broaden out yeah. to the entire community if you're really talking about you know creating the public good or creating the best outcomes for the community. So he, I mean, I feel like he, he touched on it. He could have talked about it specifically if he was asked a question about it. But, yeah, he would consider that um, potentially all of those other stakeholders are important. Yeah. Oh, I mean, a, a natural question that comes to me, and there's a reason I sort of asked that. The natural question that came to me is, is that, um, well, as it gets broader and broader out there, how do, you, how do you really sort of define it from a public sense? Like, how do you measure it? How do you track? How do you even know that we are, like what we do, how do we even know that we're having an impact on public value? Because it's not like there's a handy poll on the street that everyone says, yes, this has done public value. I mean, yeah, what do you, what do you think? We didn't go there in the presentation. He didn't. It's, not, it's notoriously one of the hardest parts of the concept. Uh, yeah. <laughs> with. Measuring public value is incredibly difficult. It's, it, it's done uh, at such an individual level. It's done per issue, per cohort per community per you know we can't take one large scale straw poll and say public value has been delivered there yeah. but we can do it on a on a very localized level yeah for us we feel that part of our job of uh, is not just not just measuring public value but demonstrating it so we help the public the people who deliver public value to be uh, to demonstrate and articulate what they've delivered and their public value proposition that helps us measure public value in turn. Mm. Mm. And in a program sense, um, you know, particularly in social policy areas, uh, you know, demonstrating the achievement of outcomes has always been hard, still is hard, um, despite you know advances in um, you know the, the methods of collecting information and, and the more clearly defining what outcomes people hope to achieve. Um, and you know, there's always that sort of. Uh, uh, conflict essentially in you know in government where treasury wants to fund um, for very very real tangible things often just outputs um, and you know line agencies and social policy spaces particularly want to achieve outcomes can define what they want to achieve but you know lifelong outcomes take you know lifetimes to achieve so um, yeah that's still a complex space fantastic um, okay, well, are there, were there any other insights from uh, Mark's talk that you'd like to share? I think Mark's got a, um, he's got a very interesting sense of humour. He's, he's a funny <laughs> guy. Um, it was, uh, you know, I think it was, a, it was a bit of a privilege for a lot of people to be able yeah. to engage with yeah. Mark um, on the day. And I think he genuinely enjoys um, probably speaking about, you know, public value to those types of audiences who kind of get it to yeah. begin with and who want to try to engage more deeply yeah. with it. 
the, the, the entire crowd was was on the front of the, the edge of those seats there. They, they wanted to be taken on that journey from... They wanted to hear it. These people are interested in the delivery of public value and how to create it. And um, it was just... It was an absolute pleasure to hear from uh, the doyen and the the man himself, really. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, in final then, is there... Has um, listening to him talk, has it, has it changed anything of how you guys would... Um, sort of approach public value has it you know, giving you any insights any aha moments of hmm, this is something that we can definitely start doing it has for me it's, um, it really reinforced to me how dynamic and fluid the, the the environments within which we work and deliver our projects are I do a lot of work in the local government space um, in Cuba and, and, and local governments undergoing such a period of transformation at the moment I'm I'm, I'm realising that, that the authorising environment that I thought I had a month ago, maybe I don't have right now. So it's just, it's yeah. a constant reminder to stay on top of things. Not to mention the task environment, which is even more dynamic. And um, it just, it's a reminder that what the public need is always evolving. Yeah. Nice. And I would add that um, it's kind of reinforced for me, uh, particularly in relation to that strategic triangle that that is, um, is really so live. Like, it's a very static diagram that keeps getting referred to for that strategic triangle. And that's really what's at the core of this public um, value concept. But it's a, it's a, it's a live thing um, with lots of tensions, lots of players, uh, and for all organisations, and I'm probably thinking particularly for government agencies, but also not-for-profit agencies, for them to um, successfully kind of track towards the, the goals and the, sort of the mission, the public value outcomes that they want to achieve, requires hard and ongoing effort in those other areas of the public value triangle at all times. And it's yeah. only when you really align those three yeah. that you can actually achieve. That's great. I, know, I really wish I, I could have uh, come along and listened to it because, uh, I, mean, I mean, as you guys know, this is, this is sort of our bread and butter. It's always really fascinating, especially because we're... You know, as our, as our company slogan has it, is we're making public value happen. And so our job is to try and enable that for others as well. But it's it's something that we're obviously very sort of keen on. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a shame that I missed it, but hopefully I'll be able to catch catch the next one. But no, thank you for uh, sharing uh, what Mark had to say and some of our insights. And we should probably do a shout out to the uh, BPSC and ANZOG and potentially the materials, the audio and the um, slides might be up on the ANZOG website. Uh, they the should days. be, yeah, in the coming days. And the BPSC often upload their material too. Belinda Clark is a fantastic moderator. Terrific. Okay, well, I think what we'll do is that um, we'll probably end up doing a little bit of a write-up about this as well. Yep. So when we do put that up, we'll make sure to include the links. And when we upload this blog as well, we'll make sure to include the links so that uh, if you're listening, you'll be able to go check that out for yourself. And uh, well, we'll hope that you got something out of this as well. And uh, hope to join us for some more podcasts in the future. Thank you very much. Thanks, buddy. Thanks.